Welcome to Sci Section. My name is Victoria and I'm the journalist for the Sci Section radio show broadcasting on CFMU 93.3 FM radio station. We're here today with master's student Lauren Squires. Thank you for taking the time to meet with me, Lauren. And thanks for having me, Victoria. So Lauren, you're currently working on two interesting projects. Your thesis in cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia to treat insomnia and cancer survivors and a review on the needs and experiences of trans and gender diverse cancer patients. So yeah, can you great. tell us what made you interested in psychosocial oncology? So if I'm being completely honest, I didn't really know very much about psychosocial oncology before I started working with my current supervisor, Dr. Sheila Garland. Uh, but cancer has always been a big part of my life. So my grandmother's on both sides passed away due to cancer before I was born. And a number of extended family members have been diagnosed. So uh, growing up as a young child, uh, cancer always scared me because of how it's impacted my family over the years. So I never knew that there was more to it than your standard treatments like uh, chemotherapy and radiation. So when I learned about psychosocial oncology and the fact that it entails kind of everything around a cancer diagnosis for uh, caregivers, patients, and family members, I thought, oh, like there are other ways to help people diagnose with cancer. And I wanted to be a part of that. And that's such a great thing for you to do, and it's so kind for you to bring that into your research. Lately, you've been researching cancer in marginalized groups. What can you tell me about that? Yeah, so for the past few months, myself, uh, Dr. Garland, and Tristan Billash, a clinical oncology social worker out of Saskatchewan, have been working on a scoping lit review of the needs and experiences of transgender and gender diverse people who have been diagnosed with cancer. So basically what that means is that we're looking for all the articles published in that area within the last 20 years or so. And we're taking the results and combining them to see what they tell us as a whole. So I really wanted to do this project because gender studies is one of my big academic interests and I'm really interested in how uh, genders can interact with everything else in our environment to impact uh, how we're treated and how we experience certain things and certain cancers can be very gendered. So if you're thinking about breast or prostate cancer, for example, you're usually going to associate breast cancer with cisgender women and prostate cancer with cisgender men, but that's not always the case. So I wanted to look at what kinds of experiences trans and gender diverse people diagnosed with cancer have reported in the literature and take it to figure out where we can go moving forward to make it so that they're treated respectfully when receiving treatment and beyond. Wow, what an interesting branch of science. What was your personal experience writing the review and what was your main takeaway? So I've definitely enjoyed doing the work on this review and collaborating with uh, my team members when writing it. So Dr. Garland is a great mentor and she's really, really dedicated to her work in psych psychosocial oncology. And she's been incredibly supportive of me and my interest in conducting my work because this is outside of my thesis. This is just something I wanted to do. Um, and one thing I absolutely credit her with is connecting me to our other collaborator, Tristan, who, like I said, is a social worker at a cancer center in Saskatchewan, but he also has lived experience um, as a clinician, as a trans man, and as an ovarian cancer survivor. So having someone on our team with that knowledge who wears so many different hats is incredibly valuable. And we all have different backgrounds and skill sets. And I think our working relationship thus far has been really great because of that. So in terms of the main takeaways, um, this process definitely challenged me, but in a really, really good way. So for a long time, I've can definitely considered myself to be an ally to the trans community. But 
when working on this review, I learned that part of being a good ally is accepting the fact that it's impossible to know everything about an experience that you haven't lived yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. So no matter how hard you try or how understanding of a person you are, nothing, like absolutely nothing trumps the knowledge that comes from lived experience. So when I learned that, I went through a process of accepting that I'll never be an expert on this. I'm, I'm a cisgender woman, so I will never ever know the experience of uh, a trans or gender diverse person in general, let alone somebody who's had cancer. And honestly, that's perfectly okay. I, I made peace with that and I've accepted that I'm not gonna know everything. So that gives me the comfort to tell myself and others around me that I don't know something and that leaves me open to learning new things about experiences that aren't my own because I found that when you try and say that you're knowledgeable about everything about a certain topic, you're automatically putting a wall up and you're not making yourself open to new, new learning. Right. So in learning all of this, I also learned how important it is to get the perspectives of the groups that you're focusing your research on, who will obviously be impacted by what you're doing. Um, so to go along with our review, we're going to be doing a survey of trans and gender diverse people who have been diagnosed with cancer, as well as researchers and clinicians who do work in trans healthcare to see if our findings and recommendations are on the right track or if there's other things to consider. And I think that should be common practice in research where at all possible, because bringing your work to the group that will be the most impacted by it and saying, hey, like, what do you think about this? What did we get right? What did we miss? And where can we do better is extremely important. And it can provide insight that you may not have um, yourself considered. Yeah, which is so important in research nowadays. Yeah, exactly. And you seem to be pretty big on research. So what is your favorite part about researching? Um, I really love the learning aspect. So when I do research on people, I see my results as people telling me something new about themselves that I didn't know before. And I think that's really valuable. And I also love knowing that my work may be used to help people someday. So for example, I'm writing my master's thesis on how well cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia works for treating insomnia and in those diagnosed with cancer. So someday someone could see my work on that and use it to inform their decisions on whether or not they use that particular treatment. And I just think that's really cool. Yeah, it's super cool and such a like important thing to do to help other people when you can. Mm -hmm. What do you think our science community needs mo the most right now? Um, I think our science community needs more intersectionality and more consideration of intersectionality and uh, people's identities and what that means for them and for what they'll be able to access and what kind of privilege they have. Um, and scientists in places of privilege need to take the time to realize who's benefiting from the current system and whose voices aren't being heard. So this doesn't necessarily mean bringing people from marginalized communities to the table. So we often um, hear people talk about, oh, bring so-and-so to the table and things like that. But bringing people to the table doesn't help if the system itself is inherently flawed. So we need to find ways to make our science more intersectional and um, the same thing with academia to make academia more intersectional uh, and to lift up voices that aren't being heard because of deeply rooted systemic issues. Oh, and the final question I have here, what kind of advice do you have for students who are listening to this show right now who are interested in pursuing psychosocial oncology? So basically you're not really limited to any one thing in psychosocial oncology. Uh, it's a very interdisciplinary field. So for 
for example, when I was at the virtual Canadian Association of Psychosocial Oncology Conference this summer, uh, there were a huge, huge variety of um, different disciplines in attendance. So there were psychologists, social workers, nurses, there were uh, doctors, medical doctors, there were nutritionists, patient advocates, and cancer survivors themselves in attendance. So there's really something out there for everyone. So if you're interested, I would encourage people to make meaningful connections with a mentor in their research area um, and to basically take their ideas and run with them. There's always um, room for new ideas to come about for sure. Yeah, that's so awesome. And I'm sure everybody is going to be so happy to hear. Anyway, that's it for this week of Sci Section. Make sure to check out our podcast available on global platforms for our latest interviews.